Hello, you're listening to Always a Critic. My name is Alice Fitzgerald, and with me I have my co-host, Megan Mulgrew, and today we will be reviewing Raising Our Voices from the Camden People's Theatre. Mm-hmm. Raising Our Voices was a, um, what would you call it, like a three-parter? Yeah, it was um, presented by the LGBTQ Arts Review, um, but the the show itself, which, like you said, is essentially three little shows, uh-huh. is a part of Camden People's Theatre's um, festival, three-week-long festival, Come As You Are. Yeah, the Come As You Are Festival. Yes, uh, which is um, a festival that's interrogating and celebrating gender, um, from cis to trans and from binary to beyond, um, and including, like, sexuality discussions as well. Mm-hmm. And it runs from uh, Tuesday the 12th, which, so that's already passed, um, that was this week, to the 1st of October. Um, and Canon People's Theatre is, is really good for um, cheap tickets, I should say. Like, most of their shows um, have either £12 tickets or £10 for concession. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that they're double-billed. Um, mm-hmm. You see a lot of, like, new and upcoming theatre makers mm-hmm. sort of get their start and experiment at the Canon People's Theatre and they do a lot of different festivals like uh-huh. I know I think it's in November of this year they're doing sort of um an environmental festival it's mm. about eco theatre and, and stuff like that and they consistently do a feminist festival as well so they are really awesome for kind of um allowing voices that aren't normally heard in the sort of theatrical sp- spectrum to yeah. be heard yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, we we really like them. I think I think it's just they're just a. I'm just a fan of the theatre in general. I think the atmosphere there is always really good. You know, you you pay ten pounds. You it's sort of like a bar slash mm. theatre almost. I think it actually used to be a bar before there was a theatre in the, in the building. So so you just you pay ten pounds. You have a beer. You go see a show, and it's and it's just it's just always a good evening. I find mm. so. Um, if you don't, if you live in London and you haven't been there before, I would just recommend going and checking out it's any some show. Really at this venue. interesting. Really interesting work as well. Yeah. Dealing with some very relevant issues by a lot of really young, up-and-coming performers. Yeah. And companies. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's start talking about raising our voices. Yes. Um, so this, this, uh, show that we saw, um, we saw it last night, actually, um, it contained three sort of, yeah, like we said, mini performances. Uh, one was called The View from Queer, um, which is by Jezza Donovan. Um, the second was Question 13, What is a Substance to Bisexuality? by Jennifer Tosgive. Tosgive? Tosgive. Sorry, I got there. I got there. Um... And uh, Who Is This, Please? Uh, a new collaboration between Callum Crouch and Scott Lacrasse. Um, so those are the three shows that we saw. Yes. And like um, like we said, they are presented by the LGBTQ Arts Review, mm-hmm. um, which are which we're seeking like in the festival um, for, well, in, in general as well. Um, they seek to platform the lesser heard LGBTQ plus voices, um, you know, trans, lesbian, 
bisexual and non-binary, um, which I think we'll discuss a little bit later on um, in the podcast, like why um, that platform is incredibly important yes. when we talk about LGBTQ plus representation in the theater. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so why don't we start, um, well, we'll go in chronological order. So let's start with um, The View from Queer uh, by, well, okay, no, first of all, what did you what did you think of the overall evening? I thought it was really insightful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it was very fringy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stripped back, and that's what came to people's theater zone for as well. Minimum props, minimum set, really just sort of like the Yeah, well, it's a tiny itself. space, so they exactly. can only do so much with it. And, and, um, and yeah, it's, like, it is a, it's a fringe venue, so they, that's the sort of work that they have. Exactly, exactly. And I always love that because I think it's always a testament of like what you can do um, – with not, with not a whole lot. Yeah, absolutely. Where you can just be the I don't know. I love it. Um, but <laughs> I think, and being being part of the LGBTQ community myself, I left feeling still like still learning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I felt watching. I learned things that I hadn't, or I considered things that I had never really considered before. Um, and I think that, and I left thinking. You know what I mean? Yep. Which I think is ultimately. The point of this festival, but also I think the point of what the point of theater should be in general. Um, Yeah. We're left sort of like with a new perspective. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed my evening. Yeah, I really did. So did I. So did I. I I totally agree. I think they really set out, I think they really achieved what they set out to do, which um, was to sort of um, just maybe give you things to consider that you hadn't considered before, Um, maybe teach a few people, some things. I think I, I felt like I learned a couple of things. Um, yeah. So it was, I think, I think in that respect and, and in general, I thought, I thought the atmosphere they created was really lovely. Like, yeah, like really the whole, inclusive and really yeah. warm and they gave us chocolate. <laughs> they did. They gave us chocolate <laughs> as we came in. Um, and that um, great. yeah, that was, I, it, 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 they straight off the bat created what I felt was a really sort of lovely, warm environment. And, mm. um, and I felt that that, that just really uh, – there was something about that that made the whole overall evening just really lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm not sure how how long it was. Did you see what time we got out? I think it was it was no more than an hour and 15 minutes. I mm. actually think I would actually maybe say an hour. Yeah, maybe. But but, but the time flew for me at least. Yeah. I, I really didn't. I could, have, I, I could have been sitting there for 15 minutes all I knew. Which, yeah. For, for all I knew, which um, I think is a testament to, you know, if you're enjoying yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'll I, also I, say that they weren't like, it, at least the shows that we saw last mm-hmm. night, um, save for maybe one, I would say like probably the last one was maybe a bit more, um, what you would expect from like a performance, right? It was a little bit more theatrical. Yeah, nature. I would say that too. And yeah. the first one was more of, um, definitely theatrical, but more of a, a autobiography kind of monologue mm-hmm. one man show. And then the second was honestly more like a conversation, yeah. I would argue. Yeah. So you're getting also a variety of different styles and forms mm-hmm. and, and what constitutes theater, and which I also think is, like, really interesting. It's not necessarily, like, here's your protagonist. <laughs> this is their journey. And, no, it's I mean? good. And, it, and it, I think it's it, it goes to that, um, I get, I, again, I think what, they're, what they've set out to try and do, which is um, give us different ways to interrogate these um, sometimes complex mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, yeah, I think, I think worked quite well as well in terms of the way the overall night was set up. Yeah. Um, the different pieces that they chose to include, mm. um, I think they were worked radically different, very, very different, but worked well together as well somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, um, with some lingering themes throughout, which 
I don't think was necessarily intentional, but you still see, yeah. you saw the, the threads and the links. Yeah, I mean, it could have been intentional. I think, I think either way, it was very thoughtfully set up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which, is, which is great, really great to see. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's, now we're going to go through kind of now we're going to go through. <laughs> so um, we'll start with yeah the view from queer by um, Jezza Donovan who um, we we did ask because we wanted to make sure um, prefers to be referred to as they mm. um, because um, they um, are, are non-binary. non-binary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know, like they is is considered a gender neutral term. Mm-hmm. So people who identify as non-binary or gender queer or um, any of the varieties that just don't sort of fall into those binaries of male, female, oftentimes it is, you know, appropriate to ask what they prefer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's get into this one. Um, what did you think? I really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought Jezza was just like sort of, you could tell that they had such like a, they, one, that they had a theater background. Um, oh, Definitely. Like an expert storyteller, you're sort of like sucked in right from the get-go. Lovely voice, like a com- like a, such a command of like vocal expression. Mm-hmm. I thought, and you know, like I, I, I like to think that I know a little bit about non-binary, but quite frankly, <laughs> I, I, it is still something that I have questions on and that I'm always yeah, curious totally. about. Um, and I thought that they really did a wonderful job of of giving us a glimpse into what that experience is like um absolutely and creating a dialogue with the audience about that experience without um without it being necessarily like confusing because it's sometimes like these topics can be a little like difficult to grasp and yeah if anything I thought I thought they almost did it in such a clever way that it was almost like, oh, duh, that's what, exactly. that's like, what being non-binary course. is. Like, like, come on, you idiots. Like, yeah. like, why don't you just get it? And I was like, yeah, why don't we just get it? It seems really basic when you're explaining it to me in this way. But, like, not to, um, not to sort of undermine the kind of complexity of their experience or anything, mm. but just, just in the sense of um, how they made it so, um, even to kind of a, a straight cis woman like myself, um, made it so... Un, um, relatable, I want to say. And I think that's because they really, like, drove home the fact that they're just human. Yeah, And absolutely. we're all just human. And what does it matter what anyone is or identifies as? You should still treat another human being like a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless if they are a little bit different from you and how you live your life. Totally. Um, and I think that's sort of the driving force between all of these, you know, all these pieces, I think. And mm. and I would assume probably also the entire festival is just a matter of treating people like human beings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, necessarily, not necessarily based on what gender they identify as or what sexuality they identify as. Even yeah. though that is also completely inherent to their own personal experience as well, which you also have to recognize. So, but I, yeah, I, I thought... If we're just talking, if we're taking, like, the message aside, I thought that they, because it was a monologue, like I said, mm-hmm. I thought it was extraordinarily well written. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that, because like, I was I was going to say that as well. Really? Really well written. And I, I just, like, I think sometimes one man show, like, or one person shows can really, like, depending on the language, can really drag, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, they just were... 
the language itself was gorgeous to listen to. Really gorgeous to listen to. And also um really just really well written, like you said. Like like there was this whole there was a couple of sort of through lines, like 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 uh, I hate using the word theme, but sort of themes that ran throughout um the piece um that I found fascinating. Like they, they managed to um weave the idea of non binary, um or yeah, not not liking binaries, um, throughout the whole piece, and and relate it not just to their own experience of gender, but also to um other things in the real world. And I thought it was really clever. And they 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 said some, a couple of things that I was just I was just like oh, and they sort of and they sort of um just said them and then moved on. And it's that sort of thing where you sit back and you see and you're like. Oh wow, that that is mm-hmm. that's so true. Mm-hmm. And um I want to say a couple of them because I thought yeah, I thought I thought oh that's just really great. Um one was um they were talking about their experience of um going to quite a, a strict traditional boarding school here in England. Um oh, I think I know what you're going to say. And <laughs> and um they called it um a bastion of binary. <laughs> Which I'm still laughing about because I just found that so funny and so beautifully accurate. Because <laughs> <laughs> they talked about the experience of um, being um, kind of taught how to be a boy and what boys should do and taught how to, how they should treat women and how women should behave and, and just being taught all these incredibly traditional ideas about gender in within this traditional environment. And just that line just summed it up so beautifully. It was so charming. It was so witty. And I think that that was the strength of this whole show is it was incredibly charming and incredibly witty but but also also very switched on and, mm. and very intelligent. And um, the other one I, I, I want to say that made me, made me really think, I actually, I, I have to say, was um, they were talking about not trusting. They said something, and I, I didn't write this down, so I, I don't know the exact exactly what they said, but um, not trusting any binaries, not even, um, and the example they gave is not even the one between a feminist and a men's rights actor, activist. Mm-hmm. And say, they, they said that, you know, a feminist isn't necessarily my ally and a men's rights activist isn't necessarily my enemy. I don't even trust that binary, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And that really honestly made me sit back and think. And I think that, you know, we like to talk about how theatre, that's, that's the point of theatre and stuff, but but I think it's actually quite rare that a show makes you mm-hmm. maybe reconsider um, a preconceived notion you have about something properly. Mm-hmm. And I must say I have been thinking about that since last night and, and thinking about um, the insight of that comment and how... And how it is—it's so related to their personal experience, but also what is going on in the world right now, where we're seeing so much um, polarization of views. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. much of um, well, if you're that, then you're not my friend yeah. because I'm this, and and I'm totally guilty of that. Um, oh yeah, and, I think and I think we all are. On absolutely, some level. and and I think I think specifically the sort of feminist versus men rights men's rights activist thing mm. because. I, I must admit that is sometimes how I I think mm. as a feminist. I think that oh well they all must be yeah my enemy sort mm. of. Um, I I think that you know it made me actually stop and go oh that's that's problematic. I shouldn't think I shouldn't be thinking in that way because mm. these are just people um, 
trying to do what they think of as the right thing and maybe, you know, maybe more conversations between feminists and men's rights mm. activists could actually, you know, heal some wounds. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 and so I thought just, just that notion of not trusting any binary in the world, mm. I really loved that and I loved how it made um, something so personal to, to Jezza also really um, global and political. And mm. I just thought that was just so clever. Especially since I think when we talk about binaries, we think about the most extreme of each binary. Mm. Like, so for instance, like as a feminist, I, when I think men's rights activists, I think those, you know, kind of awful toxic people on the internet that are spewing yeah, all totally. these very kind of like um, toxic ideologies. But when you have a men's rights activist who is really more focused on, you know, the sort of building up of, of men and being confident in their... Well, uh, things, you know well I mean? things like helping men through... Um, helping, helping men with specifically issues that hurt men, like, like um, the depression being exactly. so prevalent because we have these ideas of masculinity. I think, I think exactly. you know, there are men's rights activists out there that believe a lot in um, helping the justice system to be more fairly weighted towards men and women in family court which mm. at, the, at the moment it isn't um, exactly so and so things, things like, like that, that yeah and so that are legitimate that exactly. are legitimate things but you, do, you, you i agree with you you don't tend to think of them and they think of a feminist they think that crazy you know bra burning man hating <laughs> and so that's what happens and and you think if i were to take it like um for instance, like Democrat Republican, you think like yeah. you think the worst of both. Yeah, and, and it's like if you just take a step back for either and example, look at the gray matter in the in the in the middle, you'll find that the very I think very few people fall at the exact end of mm-hmm. those spectrums. You know, like and and if you did, you'd probably be quite rare. Yeah, um, yeah. So really, really, um, just so insightful in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I just want to. I also just want to say they just were charming really charming yeah exactly funny and charming like like i i was on their side right away Mm. you know and Mm. and i was wanting to hear more and i was charmed i was just so charmed (laughs) you know and that is that is such a um kind of ineffable um quality in a performer sometimes um and not not all performers have it and um i i yeah i just want to say jezza donovan definitely has it oh absolutely i would in fact i think my only sort of Maybe thing that I didn't really buy, or my only criticism of the piece, and, and it's mainly because I didn't think they needed it, were those little postcards. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that there was like just like little notes on the back? Like, I don't, I didn't know what they were. You know what I mean? I don't know if there were notes on the back. I I honestly didn't. I didn't think about it because I uh, yeah I sort of agree they they may not have even been necessarily because I. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to them. I wasn't yeah. looking at them. I was looking at um at Jezza the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I found myself though when they would go back to grab, um, grab the note cards, I would actually get a little distracted. Yeah, and I just didn't think that they needed them. Yeah, yeah. Quite frankly, that's fair. Wow, one tiny little <laughs> yeah note. <laughs> yeah, if anything. But it was uh, it was it was really enjoyable that one. Yeah, it was really great. Cool. Okay. All right, we're gonna Next move on one. to our second one, which is um, question thirteen. What is the substance of bisexuality? I must say that I had a particular <laughs> interest in this because I ask myself that question every day. Of my life. <laughs> um, okay, so this one was by Jennifer um, Topskiv, and she's the one that gave us chocolates <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah, she did. Which was great. Um, also, straight off the bat. 
very charming. Very, oh, yeah. Very charming performer. Stood up on stage and started talking and had everyone sort of eating out of the palm of her hand. Immediately. Immediately. We were just laughing and thinking, oh, tell us more. And like I said, it was more of a conversation. It wasn't sort of like a traditional lights down, show starts sort yeah. of thing. Our, yeah. The lights were up. And she was talking directly at us, directly to the audience, interacting with us. She had a little helper who basically what she was doing is trying to find out some. She thought that if she could answer 12 questions about bisexuality, that she would ultimately <laughs> have the answer for the 13th question of bisexuality, which is what is the substance yeah. um, of it? And so she basically had a little. It's not a blackboard. What are they called? Oh, um, no, giant notepad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where she would write these questions down and they would get pasted on the walls. Um, and she works in musical theater. She said she's a musical theater mm-hmm. writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what she usually does. And she also, this was clever, um, she said at the beginning of it, um, this is, I haven't written any music, I haven't written any songs, and I'm not a singer, but this is going to turn into a musical mm. anyway. And everyone was sort of laughing and, and found that funny. And then, and then towards the end, in um, what well, I do want to, I want to talk about this a bit more. Yeah. But like, it, it, it became slightly more intimate, and she sort of started to sing, and it was really lovely, and, and it sort of took me by surprise because what seemed like a throwaway, kind of comedic comment, yeah. Yeah. Um, became became real. And um, I thought that was that was that was really lovely. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was really I think interesting show, and not one that I was completely expecting. Um, if anything, because of the nature of the show, it's, um, she has note cards to sort of like lead her on into the, to the next topic, next topic. Um, but a lot of it, and I could be wrong, or maybe I think it's mainly because the show is still in development. Mm. Um, it almost seemed improvised. And what I mean by that is that we actually never got to the 13th question. Yeah. We, she actually had someone have, having a timer to let her know when she was up to 20 minutes because it's all she had left. Uh, that's all she had in the space. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could have um, watched that for an hour. Though. I could have watched that for an hour. And I think that's what I was actually kind of upset with. Yeah. Is that, like, yeah. I wanted to watch more and I, actually, I wanted us to get to question 13. <laughs> and I, I actually, and that was, I think that is like my biggest critique of it is mm-hmm. the fact that, um, because it wasn't, it wasn't completely like, the structure wasn't completely there. Because mm-hmm. again, I think it is still like in, in development. She I says, think all these pieces are. She, yeah, she says. Yeah, all these pieces are. She says in the beginning, this is really kind of like a. She said this is like a fourteen-hour show. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She did. And, ah, uh, I just, I was like, I almost wished for a little bit more structure. That way, we, we as the audience could have like the payoff at the end to figure out like what. Because it didn't feel like it ended kind of... It ended so suddenly, and I felt so... I mean, yeah, but I, but I sort of... Because she had warned us at the beginning of the year, and they had 20 minutes, and that it was, was going to take longer than that. I definitely thought, oh, yeah, well, I could have really... Ca- I could watch this as a full-length show yeah. easily um, with just a, just a little bit more development. Um, I think it really could be a great full-length show, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it yeah. Was like a little, it was like a little trailer to the... Yeah, sort of. Yeah, Maybe a little taste session. Bitters. I just wanted, I just wanted more. You want the whole thing? I wanted the whole thing. Um, but no, it was really interesting, and I think um, what was what I really appreciated about it is that she sort of had these like two separate questions of like what is the substance or like what is what is bisexuality, but then like what is Jen or what is like Ben Jen think of bisexuality? What does it mean to her? Mm-hmm. And I think that those that's important, or at least I know some of the questions that she was bringing up. Um, are things that I've thought, especially in regards to 
gender. And because I'm definitely a person who doesn't believe in sort of the binaries of male, female, I think that it's especially, you know, coming out of um, Jez's show, um, you know, I've, and so it's never, and also like, TMI listeners, sorry, but like, <laughs> but I'm, I myself do not consider myself a very sexual person. So I've always sort of wondered, okay, but like what, why do I feel comfortable with the term bisexuality if I don't actually inherently believe in the binaries of gender? <laughs> yeah. And she brings that up. Yeah. Because like, what is gender? So how can you say that you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and I thought that she sort of like brought those questions up. But what was great is that at the end of the day, she was sort of like, but it's me. And so she was sort of talking about the things that relate to her as an individual. What does bisexuality mean to her? And I think sexuality is such a personal thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and while some people do feel more comfortable by having a label for it to sort of, to, and that, that provides them comfort. Um, I think that it's difficult and detrimental to just like say, you are this and that's, and, yeah, that, and it means this when that definition or that term can mean a variety of different things depending on the person who's experiencing it. Um, so like, I really like, I don't know. It was just, it was also just funny because she... It was very funny. It was so funny because she was also just talking about the blatant sort of erasure of bi bisexuality where you never see it anywhere. Yes, yes, you do not. You never see it anywhere because I think it's also like people don't know quite what to do or with bisexuals. Or if you bisexuals. do see it, if you do see it on television and film, no one oh. ever actually says the word They never actually say bisexual. the word. They never actually say the word or what ends up happening is like it's all about greed. And it's the, it's always, oh, I could go on a 5,000 year rant on this, but it usually <laughs> ends ahead. up being like, there's a lesbian couple and then one of them cheats on the other with a man and therefore she is the bisexual. And I'm just like, <laughs> for the love of God, that's not what, like, and it's very sort of cliched notions such as that. And also tends to be very detrimental notions of like what bisexual it is they're greedy and, or they are a straight person who's experimenting to be yeah, gay or they're confused or, they're or, confused, any of those other or they are actually really gay and they just are uncomfortable you know what i mean like when we exist <laughs> i promise i'm sitting right here literally um, right here <laughs> let's let's talk about that more when we finish yeah, talking about yeah, cause, exactly. cause I, I do definitely want to talk about exactly. that a lot more but i, I so I, she brought up a lot of really cool like questions such as that that I think that are really if you are not bisexual you might be like oh oh okay that's really interesting oh absolutely yeah. I found it really interesting and and just kind of go back to what you said a bit about um it, it became very personal um it was oh she it was she took a very personal approach to it mm -hmm. instead of trying to answer these big questions mm -hmm. just in the abstract she just said well these this is sort of what I think of it mm -hmm. um, I I also enjoyed that 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 shift was very much there in the form as well because it started yeah. as reasonably analytical as no I'm not analytical in the sense that it was some sort of like dry lecture or anything but just more talking about these big issues from a, a slightly more detached standpoint mm -hmm. um, and then and then she sort of started to she was sort of in the middle of the stage at the beginning and as the as the 20 minutes went on she she came closer and closer to the audience and she spoke softer and softer mm. and it became a lot more intimate and then she you know when she revealed really personal things like like um she was talking about past relationships and she ended on this really lovely note of um oh and then I met this woman mm. and it was um something really special and and now she's my wife um I almost that cried. was yeah that was so it was <laughs> I almost cried 
was so intimate and so lovely and she kind of sang that almost, mm. which is how it, it turned into a musical. Um, and I really enjoyed that 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 shift, I suppose. That that kept it really interesting. And you didn't even know it was happening. No, it was very first. subtle. It was very, very subtle and then all of a sudden you're enraptured in it and you can sort of hear the melodic tone at first and then she'll sort of stop and then she'll go back into it and it was just really... I thought really, really gorgeous. Yeah, me too. I, I, I would definitely, I'd love to see that as a full-length show. Yeah, I would love to see it as a full-length show. Do it, Jen. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the last one, um, mm-hmm. which is Who Is This, Please? Um, and that was um, written by Callum Crouch and Scott Lacrasse. Um, unfortunately, we don't actually have the names of the actors who are in it in front of us right now. Um because I know that they were that's not who performed it. The writers aren't the ones who performed it. They had actors. And so I'm I'm really sorry, and if you guys wanna um get in touch with us on Twitter to set yeah. us right about that, um, please do. Um but essentially this one was like like Megan said, this one was definitely the most theatrical out of um out of all of the performances. Um I would say um it it was probably my least favourite, I have yeah. to admit. I think purely because it was the least developed, I I would say. Yeah, it's all, well, it came yeah. across as the as as the least developed. And I think part of that is is kind of because, for instance, the actors had their scripts in their hands, and whilst this is definitely still in development, um, for me as an audience member, that definitely took me out of it. Oh, it was bit. distracting. Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 you know sometimes that that can't be helped if it's really just in the development stage. I mean, we we. You know, we do get that, and Camden People's Theatre is is all about that. But it it, it doesn't it doesn't it's still distracting. <laughs> you yeah. know? I also thought that they knew their lines well enough to where they didn't necessarily need them. Mm, maybe for me personally, but I think as a general whole, I think I because the show essentially was also was about um, I would argue probably like trans experience. Yeah. Right. Trans. Um, I the think, transition I think... from. Um, to woman to man to man, yeah, I think the trans male experience mm-hmm. was specifically what it was about. And whilst it was interesting, I think the problem for me was is that I actually found myself getting sort of confused by the narrative itself. Yeah, um, because it was sort of this idea of of like Ken doll and Action Man, which is sort of like a GI Joe kind of. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're like dolls. <laughs> yeah, action, so, and action man's a, do- a version of a doll, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is which in theory is really really cool. Um, when we're talking about, I think sort of gender binaries. I I liked the idea a lot. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will say that I I really liked the idea, especially you know when you've got action man and Ken. They're these um like it's very classic ideas of masculinity, mm-hmm. but different forms of mm-hmm. masculinity. So there's something really interesting there about having these, these, um, yeah, these different types of masculinity displayed on stage. Um, that, that is definitely something really interesting, but, um, uh, yeah, I think it's hard because I think they were going for something quite, um, non literal, mm-hmm. which I would say that they definitely achieved. metaphorical. Absolutely. Like, but also sort of, um, not, not linear in its narrative or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I would say that they achieved that, but, um, they, I think it was still a little, a bit too confused. And, and even though you go, if maybe you're going for something that's not quite as linear in its narrative, um, or, 
or not quite yeah not quite as straightforward as in its meaning i suppose um i think that's 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 admirable i think in a lot of ways because that makes for really interesting theater and um especially in a topic like this which is um extremely personal and subjective and can be confusing and um and it and i think that form really works for that mm. um that sort of internal confusion that the character seems to be feeling but having said all that i think the audience still needs to uh be able to follow it a bit more clearly than than what we could yeah yeah and i don't know if it was because i i don't know i just genuinely I thought I knew what was happening, and then I didn't realize, and then I didn't know what, what was happening. What did you think it was about? I mean, I thought it was, I thought it sort of, you sort of represented, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Like, I, at first, like, especially towards the end, um, you know, where they kind of have, uh, Action Man and Kendall kind of have that, like, reconciliation, I was kind of like, okay, these are sort of two halves of, um, of, of the person, right? Yes, I thought that too. Of the trans person. So you have um, Action Man who is being forced into all these sort of, like, traditionally masculine roles. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of at war, not necessarily at war, but sort of um, resisting the influence of of Kendall, which is actually who, who, like, the more sort of, like, feminine side, maybe, of of the, this sort of, trans consciousness yeah i think um i i i i came to that same conclusion that these are two this is sort of a a person having an internal conversation with themselves Mm. almost with themselves almost i think um the thing is i think there was some really interesting stuff in the writing i think that there was some really lovely moments of the the um kendall character talking about how much he hated being referred to as a girl mm. when he was young, when he was referred to as his brother's sister or his mother's daughter, how much he just he just hated mm. that, um, talking about things like that. Um, um, talking about having nightmares of being in a girl's body and, and, yeah. and things like that I thought, I thought were really... Which was really kind of the beginning of the play and I really yeah. was like... Same. I found that really, that. really fascinating. I mean, I mean, fascinating. Um, maybe the wrong word, but really compelling and um, really heartfelt and amazing and 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 insightful. And I was going, oh wow, I'm, I'm already learning a lot about mm. this sort of experience, which I, I didn't know. And then I think the waters just got a bit muddied, and it got it. I think. It, as an audience, we had to spend a bit too long trying to figure out what was just going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. on stage. Um, so that when they had those really nice moments and those really that really insightful things that that did that really did come up, um, I think that got, those they got a bit lost. Um, I think the performances were um, were were not bad, but also like I would say, like just just clearly very under rehearsed. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of the performers. Um, you know, were bad performers. I just think they they quite clearly hadn't had a lot of rehearsal time because I think even the way they were moving around the space uh, was clumsy at times, which is not that's not really them. That's direction. Um, so yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just is just needs more work. Yeah, more refining. I think I think it's mainly the writing needs to be a little bit clearer about not necessarily. I I think I think that inherent sort of confusion of of the identity itself is inherent in the text, but I think it just needs to be a little bit more, um, 
kind of easier for the audience to follow. There needs to be some sort of structure propping up that confusion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, there, there needs to be a way for us to follow the story and know what the story is. And the struggle, um, the inherent struggle between, like, what society expects you to be and what ultimately it, even like, just, you are. Even just having a more clear setting for where exactly these these this action man and Kendall are having this conversation Mm -hmm. are they having it inside this person's mind in their imagination or is it is it a dream is it um is it something else are they are they literally um in a child's bedroom Yeah, because they mentioned going to they met like they go to sleep and they're and they're like they wake up from a nightmare but i like you know like that sort of last scene yeah where he's like oh like i woke you up or, or something to that effect yeah and I was like, okay, but are, so are they still Kindle and Action Man? Yeah, or exactly. Are they, or are they real people? Or exactly, I think I think if you, if they're gonna shift between that, that needs to be clear. And I, yeah, and I think what ultimately, and I think why I'm having such a hard time kind of like describing it is um, because it because the narrative was a little too muddled. Mm-hmm. I actually lost what the what the meaning was and what the purpose was. Yeah. And I got confused over like what what they were actually trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Um kind of, like I I got it in the very first scene and then it just sort of trickled away and suddenly I became unsure of myself. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. which I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I yeah. wanted to like because I think it's a really interesting and really important discussion that, that having trans voices on the stage but unfortunately, I I got lost. Yeah, I agree. I think um I think that maybe maybe if they if there was something just a bit more concrete for us as the audience to hang on to, like I said, something a bit more clear about even just where they are, mm-hmm. where this conversation is taking place, or um or exactly if you if you want to sort of slowly reveal that these two characters are different parts of mm. the same sort of consciousness. I still think maybe there's a slightly more linear way to do that that could make it a bit easier to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like I said, I, I, yeah, really, really, some really lovely, insightful moments. And I think a really, I think there is a strong idea there. Mm. It's just, it just wasn't quite executed um, mm. yet. But, I mean, hopefully they keep working on it. And Yeah, because I'd be interested to see where it goes, definitely. Yeah, um, same. Like, like all I... of them, I'd be interested to see oh, where, where each of them um how each of them could be developed. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, in general, I think, because these were sort of like one-off shows, uh-huh. um, but if you have the opportunity, definitely go and check out Come As You Are. Because um, they're, they're playing um, next... Talked. Yeah. No, Come As You Are specific. Oh, sorry, the, the festival is playing. Go see the festival. Sorry, but I got also, confused. <laughs> also go see Raising Your Voices because they have two more shows yes, um, in which yes. they'll be showing... Um, other voices. Um, next. Although Wednesday. I think Jen, Jezza, they mentioned Jezza is, is performing oh, yes. next Wednesday. So if you wanted to check out their work, yes, um, go check them out. You could go next Wednesday and then they're doing another one the Wednesday after. Yes. So um, I think yeah. it's like ooh, September 20th and <laughs> something like know. that. Um, Wednesdays. Um, this upcoming Wednesday. And yeah, Wednesday the 20th Wednesday. and Wednesday the 27th. I just looked But up. in general, also go check out the festival. Um, I think it's incredible. See, hmm, we're going to get... This is Megan's Corner. <laughs> I think, um, and I've discussed this um, maybe a little bit on, on this podcast, but definitely with you, Alice, um, mm-hmm. that I think when we talk about... 
the problem is is that um, I feel like in theater in the sort of theatrical spectrum um, or at least like mainstream theater when companies or theaters or venues say ah yes we're doing a really good job in, in terms of including um, LGBTQ voices really what they mean is that like look we have two white gay men on stage <laughs> yeah and those stories are legitimate absolutely absolutely but unfortunately um you but they shouldn't really be the call, only stories you can't really call it lgbtq representation if you're only focusing on the g yeah which is um, something that was said last night exactly um and which we wholeheartedly agree with absolutely and so what this festival allows is for you to actually experience other letters and yeah. the, the LGBT. I mean, there's a reason I felt like I learned so much last night. And it's exactly. because I thought, wow, I've never heard a non-binary person talk about their experience on stage. Never really heard the story of a, um, a cis man's experience on stage. Mm. You know, these are, these are, these are things... Um, oh, my gosh. You've sorry. heard a lot of cis sorry. men. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard too many stories of cis men on stage. Trans men. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for saving I me there. I got you. Um, I've never really heard the story of a trans man on stage. Um, and, and you know, I've these never are... seen a bisexual on stage. <laughs> and, yeah, and when you do, they don't say what it is. Um, um, yeah, and these are... And, 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 I mean, just for the sake of interesting theatre, can we get some more different voices in, please? Exactly. I mean, that's... I, I, I think even if you don't care about um, LGBTIQ rights, which, you know, I think you should, but, I mean, even if you don't, I think, I think if you just enjoy theatre and storytelling... It's just great to hear some new stories some that fresh aren't voices. Um, cis men <laughs> always. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and like, like, and as you could probably tell, we love the Camden People's Theatre. So yeah, we really do. So definitely check them out. Um, and and do check out Raising Our Voices. I would recommend it mm-hmm, too. I absolutely. think um, I think it's it was really really lovely evening, um, and I did feel like I I really learned something. So um, yeah, well yeah, done to them. Thanks for the lovely evening, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, yeah. So to finish up, guys, um, if you've enjoyed listening and you have any comments or questions, um, or if you just want to have a chat, um, you can always email us at alwaysacritic100 at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And you can always get in contact with us on Facebook at Always a Critic Podcast and on Twitter at... Um, always Critics. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, And stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Always a Critic is produced by Megan Mulgrew and myself. Our sound designer is by Will Thompson. Our artwork is by Ella Rogowskis. And we'd like to thank the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama for making this podcast possible.